Welcome back to another episode of Dance Med Spotlight, where we talk about all things dance medicine and dance science. Today, we're taking a little departure from the regular format of the episodes. One, as you can tell from the title, to meet the host, learn more of my story. I've shared snippets of it in various episodes, but to kind of put it all together. But then also as an opportunity to reflect back. This, at this point, is probably episode 15, 16, something like that. And it's at the end of the year, last episode for 2023. Let's talk about, well, I'm going to answer the question that I always ask my guests at the top of each episode. Tell us about what brought you here at this point in your career with working with dancers. seems only fair that I answer my own question. I started dancing when I was three years old doing ballet and tap. It was something that was partially a way to get my energy out. And something that, you know, my my family recognized I really liked moving to music and was always really interested in music. So it seemed like a good fit. I started taking those classes. And then when I was nine, I added in jazz and joined the performing group at my studio, which basically meant that I was allowed to now perform in fall performances as well as the spring show and had the opportunity to audition for special parts, doing things outside of my regular class numbers. So I did that. And then when I was 14, I was in a show, in our fall show. I think we were doing Carnival of the Animals, if I was remembering correctly, snippets of it. And I, it was towards the end of our, our group number. I was standing in Susu towards the back and a dancer who needed to cross stage really quickly behind me caught too close and pulled my back foot from underneath me from full releve and my knee went down into the stage. We were at a studio or at a stage that was a concrete stage and my knee smashed into the ground and hurt immediately. I finished the number finished the show, danced in the finale, even though backstage tears are streaming down my face, my knees throbbing and hurting so badly. I remember asking one of my classmates before we went out for the finale, you know, is my mascara running? Because I knew I was crying and had all my stage makeup on. So I was trying to put together my makeup in the back, went out, finished the show. And then it took, you know, I think I was out of dance for probably three, four months, something like that, because my knee was always giving out on me, particularly on the stairs. It hurt. It clicked. It. I tried wrapping it. Nothing really seemed to help. Back then, my family wasn't aware of physical therapy, and we went to my primary care doctor who told me, take some leave, do some squats. You should be fine. And that was really all I was ever told. Wasn't told to follow up, wasn't told to go see anybody else. And so I just continued on. I remember at school walking down the stairs from the third floor and my knee giving out on me and thankfully having the handrail there to grab onto so I didn't fall down the stairs because that's how badly it gave way. And it took some time to get to the point where I could 
reasonably go back to dance, but still was limited in what I was doing, still was having pain. From that point on, I wasn't able to ride a bike anymore because every time I went around, it clicked and it hurt. There were a lot of things that I felt definitely more limited in. And, you know, I never had any aspirations of being a professional dancer. It was something that I really enjoyed doing, but didn't know what it really was going to look like in my future, anything past high school, really. And so I finished up high school, graduated from there, finished out shows and all of that sort of thing. And then I took a break from dance for a while. I started really missing it when I was in my undergraduate program and got to the point where, you know, I was living at home to save money because I was going to school close enough that I didn't need to live on campus. And I was driving my parents crazy with grand jetés down the hall and pirouettes in the kitchen. And my mom would say, would you please go check out some dance classes again? And I was kind of thinking about it, didn't really do much with it. I think I might've gone back for a couple, but just didn't feel like it was the right thing at that point. So then in grad school, in PT school, I had started teaching some classes over lunchtime because we didn't have a wellness program at campus at the time. So a group that I was helping run and organize, we decided to offer $2 fitness classes over the lunch hour. And there were things like dance classes, yoga, Pilates, who knows what all we did. And it was like, oh, I, I miss this. I want to be back in class and doing more than just following music videos from home and that sort of thing. And so I went back and started taking classes again as an adult at the studio that I grew up at while in PT school. Discovered salsa, hip hop, West Coast swing, uh, got hooked on West Coast swing, and now still dance and compete in that as well as continue training in other styles. I still regularly take tap and hip hop and other random styles along the way too. When I was in PT school, I remember being on a clinical rotation, my second one, up in Washington State, and I was working with a physical therapist there who was phenomenal. She was everything that I could like aspire to be as a physical therapist. She was somebody that people would travel over an hour to come see. Somebody who, when they failed with you know, air quotes there, failed with physical therapy someplace else, they'd go see her. There were instructions that patients were specifically to see her from the physicians. That is the kind of reputation that she had. We were working with a 15-year-old ballet dancer who had hurt her hip. I don't remember exactly what was going on, but she had done all sorts of things with her, even made custom inserts for her point shoes which is another discussion for another day. But, you know, that's that's the lengths that she was going to to try to help this dancer. And she was getting back to sort of normal person function with her hip, but 
couldn't quite get back to what she needed to be able to do in ballet. And this instructor of mine, this, this clinical instructor, was telling me that she was kind of running out of ideas. I was super intimidated by the lady because she was amazing. And I was a very, you know, very new student still at this point, maybe a year into the program. But I asked her, you know, I have a dance background. Can I maybe try some things? And she said, yeah, since I'm running out of other ideas, why don't you give it a try? So I was able to go back to things that I remembered from my dance classes, but now put the lens of physical therapy on top of it, have a better understanding of what we were maybe doing with our muscles or joints or whatever with some of those movements and positions that we were working in and gave some of those to her as a home program and things that she was doing in the clinic. Within about two weeks, she was able to get back to where she needed to be with dance and was able to discharge. And my instructor had said, I never would have come up with the things that you came up with. That was the first time that I really had an opportunity to think about, could this really be a thing, specializing working with dancers or you know, at least having more dancers as the population that I work with? So that was the first inkling that I had that this could even be a thing. So then fast forward, other clinical rotations, I they knew that I had the dance background. And at that point, I was regularly dancing and starting to compete and that sort of thing. And so they naturally started putting dancers, palms, cheer, gymnasts, figure skaters, any of those kinds of athletes on my caseload that I was working with. So that was fun and got some exposure, fun to be able to kind of build that reputation. And that sort of thing continued when I started working in the clinic as a physical therapist. So then I was at a clinic where they were the definition of a mill, where we were cranking through patients, multiple patients an hour between myself and an assistant, whether that was a tech or a PTA. And I was there for about a year and a half, getting to work with some of those dancers and performers, but a lot of other people too, the whole gamut of types of patients. But I got so burnt out there because one, I wasn't always working with the people that I really had the strong passion for working with. And two, the business model did not support what I felt was needed for the people that were in front of me. I went home every day feeling guilty, knowing that I was capable of doing more, but knowing also that the model wouldn't allow me to do that. So I ended up giving them my two weeks notice, negotiated to three, and left. I didn't have a job for three months, didn't want one because I was so burnt out. My health was in the trash. Everything was a mess. It was not pretty. And I, during that time was when I really started stepping into teaching as a lab instructor at the physical therapy program that I graduated from and was able to take on a lot of hours because I wasn't working clinically at the time got to a point where I was ready to start working in the clinic again and began working PRN, covering at different places. Sometimes it would be one shift. That was all they needed while someone was out of town. Sometimes it was covering maternity leaves. Um, another one, it was just to help out and help manage caseload, but it was a regular 20 hours a week for two and a half years. There were a lot of different formats of what that PRN work looked like over the next I think six years that I did that, 
all while still teaching and really prioritizing my time teaching in the program as a lab instructor. Towards the end of that six-year period, I was finally at the place where I wanted to open my own clinic, started my practice, continued working parent, continued teaching because I needed an income of some sort and it takes a while to build up a practice from scratch. And was happy to treat whomever walked in the door. Still, I'm happy to treat whomever walks in the door. But again, I wasn't really getting the people that I really, really wanted to be able to work with. I started through COVID and quarantine time and that sort of thing. I had a chance to revisit my thoughts and think about what is it that I'm really doing? This is my chance to kind of start over revisit my schedule, revisit how I'm doing things in life, stopped my PRN work, decided to just split my time between teaching and clinic, and also decided that I really wanted to focus on marketing to dancers. This was the time. While everyone was away, everyone was shut down, why not dive full force into this idea and go with it? And so that was really when I went full steam ahead with this focus on dancers and performers. And I haven't looked back since. I still see a mix of people. At this point, it's probably about 80% dancers and 20% non-dancers. But even within that, half the time, I swear it's their family members. So it's still all in the dance family. I've gotten the opportunity to work backstage with companies like Ailey 2, Nashville Ballet when they've been coming through and needing a PT on site for them. I've been on site for some of the dance conventions with Doctors for Dancers, as well as on site for West Coast Swing competition weekends. I'm always set up there for the last, I think, six years. I've I think I've only missed one event where I haven't been working there. Um and then just a lot of work in the community, speaking at conferences, teaching in studios, working with dancers in the clinic, all of those sorts of things. And so it's it's a fun mix of what I get to do every day between working with my dancers and performers, being in the dance community at some of these different events and conferences and things, and then getting to be teaching in a physical therapy program. And now I'm part-time faculty in that PT program. So I've only increased my involvement there and my responsibilities getting to work with future physical therapists, which is super exciting. So that's sort of my, my journey to get to this point of what all it is that I do. Basically, I tell people it boils down to I get to nerd out about dance all day, every day. And my excuse is that it's for work. So <laughs> that's that's always my excuse. So I'm a clinician. I'm a professor. I'm also still a dancer and competitor, competing at least a couple times a year, mostly locally, but also traveling a little bit now. So that's my story. But let's talk about the podcast a little bit. This is actually something that was born from a couple of different things. I'd been thinking about doing a podcast for a while because I thought it was an interesting idea, a great way to connect with others within the dance medicine and dance science community or within the dance community itself. I wasn't really sure who I wanted the audience to be, what I wanted to talk about, but I had this idea for a while and honestly was just stumped and overwhelmed by 
what did I need to do in order to actually make it happen? So then I had the opportunity in November of 2022 to be interviewed for a podcast. And I'd done other podcast interviews before that was nothing new, but this one was with Jimmy from PT Pintcast. And if you don't know PT Pintcast, it's an awesome, awesome podcast where he has the chance to talk with so many amazing people and really great conversations that happen there. So I was interviewed for his niche member episodes and I talked about dance medicine. What is it to work within the dance medicine space? We had a really great conversation. We stayed in touch for a while. We reconnected in February at the combined sections meeting, which is the big conference for the American Physical Therapy Association every year. Went to his talk, went to his party. That was a fundraiser. That was amazing, which by the way, I still have uh, my wristband for party with a purpose. And through all of those conversations, he later messaged me and said, hey, what do you think about doing your own podcast? And I was like, great idea. Still don't know how. And he took me and some others under his wing to start his first flight of PT Pintcast with some other folks who wanted to start their own podcast as well and began mentoring us. And that's what really kicked things off. So I did my first recording in May of 2023, May of this year. And my very first guest was Josephine Lee of The Point Shop. We talked about point shoe fittings and all things point shoes. Since then, I've been able to talk with all kinds of amazing people. Chantal Pianetta, who is a dual professional in ballet and West Coast Swing. Courtney Adair, who is also a professional in West Coast Swing, but also a mental health counselor and yoga instructor who's doing some really cool things, blending the things that she's training in. Dr. Jatin Ambegankar, the editor-in-chief of the Journal for Dance Medicine and Science, Allie Christensen, who is a dance mobility specialist and athletic trainer or personal trainer, um, Lee Alexander, Dr. Lee Alexander, talking about long COVID and dance and her own experience with long COVID, Dr. Kathleen Davenport, who is president-elect for IADAMS, the International Association for Dance Medicine and Science, and the physician for Miami City Ballet, among other companies. Alexander McKinvin, who is an amazing London-based physio who works with performers on-site and backstage all the time. Ricky Lee Hotz, who is a registered dietitian and professional ballroom dancer. Dr. Jenna Cantor, who is the specialist in training dance physical therapists, particularly in some of the management and business side. And a friend of mine, Dr. Rebecca Griffith, who is an amazing emergency room physical therapist, but we talked about things like triaging injuries when we're on site or backstage with dancers. Dr. Brooke Winder, who is a physical therapist who specializes in pelvic floor dysfunction for dancers specifically, 
and have also talked with Jen DiPiola from Doctors for Dancers, Kristen Shelley, Dr. Kristen Shelley from Delaware Dance, and Dinah Hampson from Pivot Dancer based in Canada. So, so far I have had so many amazing guests that I've been able to talk to, really wonderful conversations. I know I've walked away with something every time and am building relationships with all of these amazing people from all over the world, many different specialties and really have the podcast to thank for that. These are people that for the most part, I at least had some connection with before, but this really has allowed me to dive deeper, dive deeper into my practice as a dance medicine specialist, realize some things that I even wanna take more classes in or take classes in in the first place, um, and ways to continually learn and contribute and be involved. It's inspiring to see all of these individuals and see what all they're accomplishing for the community that we all have talked about um, being a part of. So many of us have dance in our lives personally, not just as part of our career. And I think every single one of us who have said that have also been in the same boat of when we were in that position as the injured dancer, not having the person that we needed to help us through it. And that is part of the drive that took us here to want to be involved at this level and want to give back to the community that has given us so much, but also making sure that other people don't have to go through the same experiences that we've had to go through. So all to say, this was not part of the plan, uh, all to say that this has been an amazing first, you know, first calendar year of working at this, knowing the first episode came out in June, but, you know, it's been a few months, but this time to look back and reflect and really think about the conversations that are happening the things that people are accomplishing, the research that's happening is amazing. And I'm really looking forward to the next year and the next conversations that are happening. So to wrap it up, my final bow is make those connections, build your network, talk to these amazing people, get involved in the dance community. If this is a community that you have been a part of or one that you feel really passionate about supporting, there are so many people who are also just as passionate as you are and would love to nerd out with you and love to do projects with you. And who knows what all can come of it, but we have the opportunity to make some major changes and make sure that future dancers can stay as happy and healthy throughout their dance careers, whatever that means. Or people can use dance as a method of health and wellness for them, like the idea of dance for health. We have that opportunity as dance medicine specialists and professionals to make that happen. To selflessly promote so then thinking, you know, the other thing that I always give people an opportunity for is the shameless plug, the opportunity to self-promote anything that they want to talk about. 
So, of course, listen to Dance Med Spotlight. Obviously, that's why we're here. Look out for more episodes. But also, you know, I have the opportunity to work with a lot of amazing dancers backstage. If people are looking for learning more about that, whether it's to work with me and learn from me from a, a mentorship role or professional role, or dancers and studio owners and that sort of folks who want to have me on site, please let me know. I'm always happy to do things like that. I love speaking. I love teaching, teaching opportunities, conference speaking opportunities, all of those. Love them. So let me know if there's an opportunity for me to come out and provide some information for an audience, whether that is an audience of professionals, an audience of dancers, whomever. Um, and yeah, I've got some other things in the plans, in the works that I'm hoping to launch at some point soon. But um, yeah, I think that's it. So hopefully this was another interesting episode for you. Maybe not so much to like learn from, but just to hear my story and my journey and hear more about what this podcast really is for me, at least, and what I hope it is for the community. So keep listening to Dance Med Spotlight. Dance Med Spotlight is hosted and produced by Alyssa Arms. We discuss all things dance medicine. This has been another episode from Dance Med Spotlight. The Dance Med Spotlight is intended for educational purposes only. No clinical decision making should be based solely on one source. While care is taken to ensure accuracy, factual errors can be present.